morning? All my brave uh, souls out here right now, I love you all. Um, we do. So um, let, let's do a few announcements real quick, get through some uh, orders of business going on around the church. Um, and then uh, we will get into the Word a little bit. We're going to have a time of prayer at the end as well. Um, yeah, let's do some announcements first. So uh, first up, for those of you who uh, I'm sure you've heard about it, um, but there's a flyer in your bulletin. It's um, regarding the prophetic seminar at, at this point um, so that you all understand kind of where we are as a church. Um, we're going to obey the law so that you guys know. Um, we're not going to break the law. If they say they don't want us to meet under 250 people, then we'll honor that and we'll just do a live online service type of a thing. Um, if they don't enforce those rules, then we'll, we'll continue to meet as long as it's safe. Um, so we're just gonna use wisdom, but we're also, um, like for me, it kind of goes a little bit like this. Like I don't wanna be somebody who walks in fear, but I don't wanna be somebody who's foolish either. So that's the line I'm trying to walk right now. And, and I hope you guys all understand that you're here. So I think you're probably in a similar place. But I received lots and lots and lots of messages of people saying, I won't be at church today, I'm afraid. Um, so I, I don't want to belittle that. I don't want to think that's bad or evil. I'm just saying that we are, as a church, going to continue to worship together, continue to serve you, continue to encourage you. If they ask us not to do those things, then we will honor that because we're going to follow the law. We're not going to break the law. Um, but we'll find clever ways to still be uh, people of God in the middle of... Um, the crisis that we're in currently. So um, with that said, the prophetic seminar is coming. At this point, it is still on. Um, Kathy Greer is coming. For those who don't know who Kathy Greer is, she is a, a well-known prophetic teacher in the region. So um, this will be a time for you to come and learn. So I had a lot of people say to me, why would I come to this? I'm not a prophet. The reason that you come to something like this is to learn about the gifting, to learn about how it works. And you might be surprised to find that you're a little bit more prophetic than you understand. See, in our church is very naturally prophetic. We don't come out and go, thus saith the Lord. But we're always encouraging people in Christ. And even when you give somebody a scripture, that is technically prophecy. Okay, that's so, a lot of times we don't think like, I'm not prophetic. No, you are prophetic, and I want you to learn about the gift. So we're bringing her to, to kind of increase the, the understanding, increase the release of the gift in our church community. So that's why she's coming. There is no cost for the event. We will take an offering. She, she wants to support her ministry that is in Africa. Are we going to run the video, Tracy? I, I don't, it's in there. I, I don't think it's necessary this morning, but let's not run the video. Um, there is a video. She does Africa outreach. That is what you're giving to. You're not giving to her. You're giving to the missions work she does in Africa. So that's the 28th. We'll be here from 9 a.m. Should end about 1 o'clock, 12.30, 1 o'clock is what we're shooting for. Um, but I think it'll be a good time for you to grow and learn. So please come out for that. Mark it in your calendars. Um, we also have the chair commitment card. This has been in your bulletins. We're probably about halfway to the goal or thereabout, so we're doing it. We are trying to get them by Easter. I'm not sure if that's real because I didn't realize there was delivery date that's long. So they, you know, they said two to three days. Well, two to three days is when they ship it, but it might take two to three weeks to get here. So I'm not sure that we're going to be able to make it happen by Easter, which is fine. Your rumps will be comfortable after Easter. Amen? Okay, so... <laughs> So we are doing it, though. It's well underway. Um, all of Crest is still happening. The basket drive, you know, if you um, want to bring towels and basket goodies to build an Easter basket for the kids, um, those are due by next Sunday. 
but you can get the information out at Connection Corner. And ladies, your women's ministry is coming. The retreat is October the 2nd through the 4th. Now, we're putting this out early so that, one, you can sign up because space is what? Limited. Limited. If you're late, I love you. You can sleep outside. No, I'm playing. But... <laughs> But seriously, um, you want to sign up because the space is limited. And I also want to encourage you, it's an opportunity for you to put in a deposit to keep your spot. And then you can place, pay slowly over the months if you would like to do it that way. And we'll help you get your, your retreat paid for um, over the course of time. Um, we have Adopt-A-Block next week. Only Adopt-A-Block because of the coronavirus. They canceled the event. Okay, so we will not be going to Adopt-A-Block next Sunday, or next Saturday, pardon me. So we will be looking to go in April, presuming that they resume in April. But this was from the ministry leaders of Adopt-A-Block. We were going to partner with them. They said, hey, could you let the people that we're going to serve know that we will not be doing Adopt-A-Block next Saturday. And then young adults, we will be meeting today right after service, or not right after, 1 o'clock, pardon me. Um, and we'll have a little bit of time together, of fellowship and a little bit of food. Um, and then there's all kinds of stuff happening around the church. I think they're emptying cabinets, and we got carpet going in on Thursday. Hey, can I just say this was a bad week for a virus? Yeah. I'm serious. You know, you know um, let me do this, actually. Let's pray, and, and let's just get in the Word. I'll, I'll share a little of my heart and kind of where things are at right now. So, Father, we just want to bow our hearts before you and say, God, help us. Help us to, to keep our eyes fixed on you. God, help us not to, to move the way of the world. Help us not to do that. And also help us, God, to be wise and thoughtful with those who are are really grappling with this at a different level than many of us even understand. The fact that most of us are in the room this morning means that, that we are not operating with the same sort of fear or anxiety that somebody else might be in, and that doesn't make them bad or wrong. And God, I pray that as we talk this morning, we look at the Word, that we would grow as believers to be really thoughtful and considerate of others. So God, I just pray your grace over us your wisdom that would be imparted to us. And God, I also pray supernatural protection over us. God, I pray that you would um, guard us and protect us from anybody contracting the virus. I pray, God, that you would squish it in the name of Jesus. And God, that we would be able to resume a certain level of normalcy of life. God, I also want to pray that it would shift the way that we think about life. I think it's a really crucial time, and I pray that you would help us to discern the times. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, um, you know, I, I joke in saying that it's a bad time for a virus because I think any time is a bad time for a what? Oh, yeah, it's not a good time, but particularly difficult in this season because there's so much going on, not only around the church, but also in each of our personal lives. So when we face um, this idea of, uh, like, j j just this surging fear and anxiety, and uh, many of us think, man, it's a complete overreaction. Some of us think we're not doing enough. You know, it's all over the map. And so instead of ignoring that, I had an, a whole other sermon written this morning, um, but I really felt like I would rather not pretend like there's not an issue because there's an issue. And many of us in the room, we feel it or we're connected to people who really feel it. So I don't want to ignore that. And instead of ignoring that, I wanted to talk about hope this morning. Like what is real in our lives? You know, because what, what I find is that the places that we press into or hang on to, those are most challenged when there's conflict, whether it's inner conflict, outer conflict. We really start to grapple with what are the things that we're going to place our hope in? Where are the places we're going to stand? Where are we going to use wisdom? What's the line? Because listen, some of us are thinking this, everybody's overreacting. 
and that's actually not true. And some of us are thinking, we're not reacting enough. That, that's also not true. So I wanted to not ignore that this morning. I wanted to talk about it. So this will be a little bit from the hip, if you guys are okay with that. But it's really, this was my thought. I'm going to come in with a bunch of people this morning who are, gonna, who, who are here, so therefore you're, you're not operating out of fear. You might feel the tension, but I know this, you're connected with lots of people who are really afraid right now. You feel it, like you, I went into that, never in my lifetime, anybody else in your lifetime experienced anything like this? No, no. Never in my, where I go into the grocery store and there's not a bag of rice, a bag of beans, heck, there's no teepee. I'm not out yet, but it's close. I'm just saying, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm getting all the backups. I got rolls of bounty. That, that, that's going to be rough, literally. <laughs> but I don't mean to make light of any of that as much as to say that it's real. Like there's, there's a reaction in the community today and a fear in the community today. And this is really what I think. It is such an opportunity for us not to lose our heads, to function with conviction because I've gotten messages from lots of people this morning who said, I don't feel safe. And I said to them, stay home. Absolutely. I don't want to feel like anybody is condemned or judged because they don't feel comfortable because of where they're at. For some, they work in the public sector. They work in medicine. So if they get sick, they could be the people that are caring for us. So I don't want to ignore any of this. And I understand that all of us are feeling this pressure. And we're trying to figure out how to handle it. So I want to talk through a little bit how do we handle it? How do we as believers apply this to ourselves, operate with some wisdom, and be thoughtful with those around us? That's what my goal is today. Now, so that you all know, I wrote this at 7 in the morning. Okay? I really felt like the Lord said, don't walk in the room and act like nothing's wrong. Because there is an issue going on, and I think that we as the people of God possess the hope that we can bring to people in the midst of crisis. Amen? That's why it's like, look, this is going to be rough. I'm not kidding when I said I wrote it at 7 this morning. I wrote it at 7 this morning. So all the notes are not going to be super polished. All my words won't be super polished. But I hope that it's something that's thoughtful or helps you to think through what it is that we're facing right now. See, I had some thoughts about the current crisis. There's fear going on. Some of the fear is rational. Some of the fear is irrational. But it's real. Don't think that the fear is not real. And the people that you're connected with that are living in fear, it's real to them. They're concerned about loss of life or health or death. So how do we deal with the anxiety? Because anxiety is a real thing. What does the Bible say about anxiety? And how do we walk as people of God and not succumb to anxiety? So watch, this is what Paul says. Philippians 4, in verse 4, it reads like this. Rejoice in the Lord always. What does that mean? To celebrate the joy of God. That's actually what rejoice means. It means to celebrate the possibility of God. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say to you, rejoice. He reemphasizes it. So listen, people, it's important for us to keep our eyes celebrating God, our, our eyes on Jesus, our hearts upright. That makes sense, church? And, and he goes on and he says this, let your gentle spirit be made known to all men. The Lord is near. You know, gentleness is an, is an interesting thing because um, I've been perusing Facebook, not for information, I'm smarter than that. No, I'm being serious right now because some of you are gripped by it. Some of the people not sitting in the room are gripped by it. And I'm not saying that negatively, I'm just saying it's real, there's so much information. But gentleness means this, I've watched some of the posts that, that are, are they're just not thoughtful. 
They're not thoughtful. That's why I said anxiety is real, fear is real. When people are gripped by it, it's not something you can say just get over it because that's not something that happens to somebody who's gripped by it. So we as believers have the opportunity to bring peace. We can be agents of comfort. We can be people who are considered, who listen, watch, who pray. We stop and we offer a, a consolation and say, hey, let's ask God to bring, be your strength and your comfort. Does this make sense, church? Yeah. Listen, I, I'm trying to empower you right now. Don't just go, oh, everybody's freaking out. I can't believe, look at the line. Look, I looked at the lines too and I thought, good Lord, Costco's nuts. It's nuts. I think they're buying all my toilet paper. It's nuts. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but I also think this, there's a real fear rippling through the land right now. There's a real fear and people are really gripped by it. Don't act like it doesn't exist, and don't belittle people. Be gentle. Be thoughtful. Be kind. He says, be anxious for nothing. Anxiety, listen, I have people ask me, is anxiety a sin? It can be. It isn't always. If you worry, worry, wart, you will stay in a worry, worry, wart mode. You'll live that way. You know, it can actually create stress, and it can make you sick, unrelated to the coronavirus. So I want to encourage you. Anxiety is not necessarily wrong. That initial, like, uh, is actually something that makes you focus. It's when you live under it and you're gripped by it that it can become really dangerous for you. Paul said this, don't be anxious about anything. Now, you've got to think, this is underneath Roman persecution. These are people that are dying. They're being killed for their faith. And he's saying, hey, don't worry about it. So I want to encourage you all, don't be so gripped by it. And the people that you're around especially, speak kindness, speak speak the truth of God to them. He says, but in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Prayer is simply this. It's communication with God. Talk to God. That's what you do. Supplication means God is the supplier. You should go and say, God, will you supply the wisdom to talk to people, the needs that I have within my home? Would you supply the ability to speak to somebody with gentleness and kindness? Could I be thoughtful in this arena so that, so that I'm actually an agent of light to them? I'm bringing the gospel to them. I'm bringing possibility. This makes sense, church? That's what, that's what we're called to do as the people of God. I want to encourage you to be really thoughtful and kind, to, to be prayerful, to be people of supplication, and to be people of thanksgiving. It says, talk to God when that happens. And then the promise is this, that the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will rule your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. It says that the peace of God, which passes your ability to understand it. That's literally what that means. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had this happen to me often. I'm pretty sure you're going to agree. There's times where life has been chaotic, and I lean into God, and even though life is upside down, I get his peace. Amen. Listen, I can assure you this week, I went through lots of different cycles, from demands that were upon me, to officiating a service and burying a good friend. All of those things were, were on me. And all week long, I kept doing this. God, I need your help. God, I need your help. I need your strength. Can you supply strength? I would go sneak alone, go sit in the room. I would cry a little more in my buddy. And then I would go meet with his family to help them grieve. I, I had to navigate those things. And then the coronavirus and the pandemic, and I'm getting emails and, and messages. And I'm just thinking, OK, wow. We, we need to do something about this. So I'm, I'm writing emails. Hey, church is going to be open. We're still going to be here unless they ask us not to be. That's how we're going to live. There's hand sanitizer out there. We, we sanitized everything. We tried to be smart, wise. 
But if, listen, if it was starting to break out, I would say to you, stay home. Let's be smarter. Not because I'm afraid of a virus or because I think that lacks faith. There's times where wisdom plays in. And it's times that it's smart to say, let's narrow our exposure. Now, I won't say that. That's mean. Okay, let's keep going. No, like I said, I wrote this at 7, so I need to temper myself a little bit. So we're going to be people that are gentle-spirited, patient. We're going to be prayerful, those who ask God to supply. We're going to be people of thanksgiving. Watch, we're going to be people who, as this goes on, he says, finally, brethren, whatever is true and honorable, whatever is right and pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of, of good repute or good reputation, if there's anything excellent, and if there's anything worthy of praise to dwell on these things. Listen, I can tell you the first thing I dwell on, I belong to Jesus. That's the first thing I dwell on. I know that my hope is not in this world. My hope is in him, and it's in an eternal life, not in a temporal life. That doesn't mean I'm unwise about a temporal life, but it does mean this, that I'm going to live for him. And I know that, that should my life end in this life, I'll be with him for eternal life, and I'm okay with that. But at the same time, like I was joking with Vic when we were in the hallway, he walked in. I said, listen, I'm not afraid of dying, but I don't want to die a painful death. Not when I, you're a weirdo if you do, by the way. No one wants to die that. So I said, you know, it's, it's smart for us to be prudent, to be wise. And he said this, to dwell on these things, to, to consider them, to ponder them. Listen, you can choose what you focus on. You can choose. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of encouragement. Whatever things are pure, just, lovely, noble, I, I want to encourage you some in how you interact. And I'm going to talk about social media for a second. I watch lots of reposts and posts and things where, where people are trying to be clever and they're trying to be funny. And look at how many people died from the flu. Listen, there's no need to compare it. Listen, if you're going to do research, go to the CDC, Center for Disease Control, or the World, World Health Organization. Those, those are two of the more reputable sources. When you look at it on, on the internet, you're going to get people's opinions, you're going to get lots of spin. So why is this a pandemic? Some of you are going, I'm not an expert. Okay, say, pastor's not an expert. I'm not an expert. Just going to tell you a couple things that you should be aware of as you're considering this. It's a pandemic because of the rate at which it grew, the amount of countries in which it grew in, and the lack of a vaccine. There are other factors, but those are the reasons that they said we should roll this out a little bit more broadly and take greater precaution. You know, did we take too much, too little? I don't know. All I know is it's not growing right now, and that's a blessing. Amen? So there's some wisdom sometimes in some of the things that are coming out. Don't go to Facebook. Don't grab all the things. Don't keep posting, reposting, arguing with people. I've seen some things. All it does is it creates hysteria. It creates mass confusion. It creates a losing of heart. Listen, keep your eyes on Jesus. That, that's the summary of it all. Uh, listen, and I don't mean to be mean-spirited, so if somebody reposts something like this, don't post stuff like, you know, well, God, I'm not, my hope's in God, I'm not in, in, it's just not necessary. Be thoughtful, be kind. Listen, we're all sitting in the room, we know our hope's in God. We know that, that we're putting our trust in Him. But when we do that on social media, what happens is this, you're putting that in front of somebody who doesn't know you, they're not connected to you, they're not understanding you. It just feels like a slap in the face. So for somebody who's afraid, this is what it feels like. Man, I don't know what to do with this. Well, if you trusted Jesus, that's what they're hearing. So just refrain from doing that. All it does is it adds to the confusion. There's no need to add to the confusion. Can you say amen to that? That's, that's actually what I'm trying to encourage you in. 
Listen, I'm not trying to control you. I'm just trying to say, be thoughtful. Be thoughtful. Because there's people out there that are really, really struggling, and they're struggling extremely with this. Listen, fear is real. Listen, some fear is actually good. You're like, fear is good? I don't like fear. Anybody in the room like fear? I don't like fear. I don't like fear. I don't like being startled. I don't like being frightened. I don't like being afraid of bugs. I don't like bugs. I'll catch snakes. I don't like bugs. People look and go, how can you handle a snake? And you're afraid of a moth. I don't know, like locusts, grasshoppers, crickets. Good Lord, they scare the heck out of me. They're not even dangerous. They're not venomous. Okay, so I got to tell a story. Is that you guys understand why I'm so afraid of them. When I was a little boy, let's see, anybody got big hair in here? Anybody? No, no big hair people. When I was, that's pretty big hair. I'm just saying. That's, that's not bad. When I was a kid, I had a mop. I had big, gigantic hair. So I went and I looked at a grasshopper and I bent over him like this and he jumped and got stuck in my hair. So now I'm 54 years old. 50 years later, I am afraid of a grasshopper, but I will catch a rattlesnake. No problem. You're like, you're nuts. I know, but I'm afraid of grasshoppers. So listen, we need to be aware that people are really fearful. They are. It's not fake. It's real. You know, I don't know. Is the grasshopper going to bite my head off? I don't think so. I don't. But I do think this. The fear is real. But what did Jesus say about fear? In John 14, he said this. He said, peace I leave you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. My peace, my serenity, my comfort, my stability, I give to you. That's what God said. I give it to you in immeasurable measure so that if you want to sit underneath my provision, I will make you comfortable when things are not comfortable. That's what God promises for all of us. He said, my peace I, live you, uh, my peace I give you, I don't give it as the world gives. Like peace amongst people means we're not arguing. Peace with God is a settling in your soul. That's what Jesus promised. So when, when people are fearful, we point them Jesus' direction. Peace is also trust in a Savior. It's, it's trust in his presence, that it's with us. And when it says fearful, it means don't be timid. Don't be fearful. Don't have cowardice. Jesus is saying that you're going to face things in this life that are a little bit freaky. Would you guys say amen to that? This is freaky. It's unprecedented. We've never seen any. I've never in my lifetime gone into a grocery store and couldn't buy goods. And then got in line and went, good Lord, look at the line. You know, I found rice and I'm like, one, two, three. You know, I want to buy everything. And everybody feels that tension. I'm like, okay, I don't want to succumb to that. You know, the truth is this. I'm not worried about the virus. I'm worried about the people. And because of that, I, I find myself going, okay, so how do I help people, us, help people we're connected to them, navigate this season without losing their heart and their mind? So Jesus said, don't be fearful, don't be timid, don't, don't have cowardice. The Apostle Paul, when he was encouraging Timothy, Timothy was a, a young leader, a young pastor. He was trying to understand his role with people who were older than him, how to lead a spiritual community, what to do best, what to do next. This is what Paul said to him. He, in 2 Timothy 1.7, he said, For God has not given you a spirit of timidity or fear. He said, but one of power, of love, and a sound mind or of discipline. So what does that mean, power? Listen, anybody ever seen a stick of dynamite or an M80 or a firecracker? 
There's power in that. It's called gunpowder. There's power. How does the power get released in, a, in something like that? With, with a match. You got to light it, right? Okay, so how does power get released in us? By his spirit. You settle into who leads your life. You settle into who ignites your possibility to live and, and to live above instead of underneath fear. <clears throat> See, I, I want to encourage you that this is the power of God that's inherent in believers. This power does not get released unless we press into God and say, I want to trust you. Now, by the way, for those of you who might be watching Facebook Live, if you're at home, I love you. You're not lacking power. Because you chose to exercise wisdom, some of you I know well, and I know that you're facing issues of, of health, and maybe you have different um, things in your own physical body that if you were to contract this virus, it could be deadly for you. There is no crime in using wisdom and staying home. I love you. I bless you. I don't want you to feel condemned or judged at all because that is not the point of any of this. But I do know that for all of us, we have to face this idea that it's face-to-face -face with people's fears, and we want to help them grow, and we want to help them stay stable. So when you face it, be willing to pray. Be thoughtful. Be willing to ask God to come in and help. He said he gave us a spirit of love as well. This is sacrificial love. Listen, we can help people walk through this, you guys. We can be light in a world that is full of darkness, a light in a world of people who are grabbing on to their very existence. That's what's happening, and they're afraid. So we can bring hope, eternal life to them if we're willing to open our mouths. And then it says this, that he'll bring sound-mindedness to us, self-control. Again, fear isn't always bad. The Bible actually says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of understanding. That's why I'm saying to you, put God first. Like, seek his will, his wisdom, his direction, because I think it's important in times like this. Listen, be considerate, be thoughtful. Don't be judgmental. The last thing somebody who is feeling fearful needs is for you to judge them. It's the last thing they need. They want you to encourage them, pray for them, speak hope in them, speak possibility into them. L listen, pray for them. In this room right now, some of you need prayer, or you need prayer for the people that you're going to encounter. Does this make sense? Yes. So when you walk out of the room, you want to be able to go filled with God with a sense of being able to speak life and wholeness. Listen, this is what you're going to speak to them. Christ is real. He's real. Come on, say it with me, church. Jesus is real. He's real. He's not fake. He's real. He's the one in whom we put our hope. See, watch. This is what, uh, what the writer of Hebrews said. 12.2, he said, fixing our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. Fixing, it means to turn your eyes away from one thing and to fix them on something else. So listen, can I encourage you all, when we stay on social media, when we watch every news report, when we get gripped by the hysteria, what's actually happening for every single one of us is this, we're being fixated on something that is not God. You're being fixated on people's opinion, You're, there's accurate news, there's inaccurate news, heck, there's even fake news. There's comparisons, the flu versus coronavirus. Listen, I just assume Jesus eliminated them both, amen? amen. That, that's what I think. I, I don't think like one's better or worse than the other. People get sick, they die, they're not well. That's the result of sin in the world. Mm -hmm. So why would we compare or try to make, it's just not wise. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus. I, I want to encourage you, be thoughtful. Like, think like this, church. Technology is powerful. Mm -hmm. 
We live in an age today where information is unlimited. It is literally unlimited. I could say to any of you right now, grab your phone and Google coronavirus and you'll get a billion hits. Which one's right? Which one's wrong? I don't know. And then you start sharing and texting and people are freaking out. They're like, oh, there's cases in Orange County. There's somebody that's 50 miles away. I could get it. And I just, and I go, okay, er, stop, stop. Let's keep our hearts. Let's keep our hearts. Let's not lose, go crazy. Let's not overreact. You know, we, we live in an infra- information age and, and technology is very, very powerful. Some of that information, like I said, it is not accurate. Some of it is. And what we do with that information either represents Jesus, our faith in him, or listen, it doesn't. See, when we react in kind with the world, what it sends to a me- uh, the message it sends to the world is we're freaking out just like the rest of y'all. There's no hope. There's no possibility. You know, whether you're watching online or whether you're sitting in the seats, all of us want to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. We want to keep our hope in Christ. And we want to be thoughtful with those around us that are experiencing the difficulty or maybe they are gripped by fear and anxiety and, and they're needing somebody to encourage them and bless them with the fact that Jesus didn't forget. He hasn't left. He's still in control. So we want to make sure that we're, we're cognizant of that. Listen, pray. It is so important that we are praying right now. It is so important. Listen, I'm going to say something to you. that This is for my church. I know some of you might be watching online. It's for my church. We don't pray enough. We don't stop and say, God, could you intervene in this situation? We think a lot. We consider a lot. We run thoughts through our minds a lot. We overthink things often, but do we stop and say, God, would you help me in this circumstance? God, would you meet my need in this circumstance? God, I'm going to go see my aunt, my uncle, my friend, my sister, and, and I know they're really struggling with this. Could you help me be somebody who brings hope in this? Could you make their heart ready to hear the blessing that I have in Christ and what stability it can bring them in Christ? This makes sense. It's being prayerful. It's, it's actually asking God to intervene, not just assuming he will. It's calling on the supplier, that supplication. It's calling on the supplier to meet the needs of the people involved. Listen, hope is real. It really is. I'm going to say something very directly. If you prayed more than you were on social media, we would have a huge impact. I'm just telling you the truth. There's so much. It's so much stir. You know, honestly, I, I, it's actually, can I, can I be candid with y'all? Like, I, I like social media because I get to watch sports. Well, I used to be able to watch sports. There are no sports happening right now. And sometimes I like catching the goofy videos with animals and stuff like that. And, and sometimes I like catching up on y'all, you know, whose birthday is it? Oh, by the way, Janet, happy birthday. You're somewhere, you're somewhere around. I know you guys went out for your birthday. But right now, if, if you're on Facebook or Instagram or any of them, there is so much stuff about coronavirus. It's like you got to go 15 posts to get one that's about somebody you know. And, and so I just haven't really been on it because it's like, but it's a way to kind of stay in touch with people. And, and that's a little bit disappointing. Now, the upside to, to social media is this. We are live streaming our service right now. So some of you had to stay home or you felt the need to stay home or you were concerned about going out. You got to join us this morning. I think that's beautiful. So I'm not trying to throw the whole thing to the, the, the dump. I'm just saying, let's be thoughtful and wise about how we're using all of this stuff. See, hope is real, and, and hope is the key to our success when we walk with God. Hope is the key to our influence when we engage and interact with other people. 
See, hope is something that God deposits in us by his spirit. It's something that is greater than our ability to just kind of muster up some strength. It's us actually leaning into his strength is what it is. It's us saying to God, I can't control it, but you're in control. I don't want to be given to fear, so I'm going to trust your strength. I don't want to roll over to anxiety, so I'm going to invite you to bring stability into me. We're going to do that at the end of service. When I'm done today, we're going to spend some time praying together just to say, hey, let's put our energy, our focus on God who can actually shift the way we feel and experience this. The Apostle Paul, he said this in the book of Romans, chapter 15, verse 13. He said, now by the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, you know what we need? We need a good dose of God's strength, His Holy Spirit deposited in us. That's how we live in hope, church. Listen, we need to lead into, lean into the spiritual side of it, not necessarily the intellectual side. Now, it's not to say that the Spirit is not intellectual. It is to say this. We're believers. We need to walk as people of faith with a spiritual lens on life. Listen, can I share something with you? I think this is one of the greatest opportunities we've had to be salt and light in a world that needs hope. Listen, the last time we had a serious catastrophe in our country was 9-11. And you know what was crazy about 9-11? The church were filled for six months afterwards, and then people went back to life. I was talking with my wife this morning. She goes, I think this is good, not in a good way. Like, not like a virus is good, but it's shaking up our comfortability with how, how normal we are with life to say, you know, what if? What do we really trust in? Where do we actually put our hope? How are we handling our own person, our own wisdom, our own ability to be influenced, not only by the, the culture, but influenced by God to influence the culture? What are we doing to stand strong in the face of adversity? And I'm just trying to give you some thoughts this morning. How should we as believers think about this stuff? How should we engage the people that we're around? You know, I, I need to mention something as well. You know, th this is creating an enormous financial crisis. Like some of you feel it, some of you know it, some of you aren't going to work because of it, some of you can't go to work because of it. There's kids that are gonna be home now with parents who used to be at work. They gotta figure out a way to watch their kids. You know, my kids are teenagers, that's not a pressure for me. My kids are on homeschool for the next three weeks. I mean, this is impacting people. You gotta understand, people are, are worried about this because it's impacting their everyday life. That's not a small thing, by the way. That's actually a very, very serious consideration for us to be thinking about. You know, I was actually racking my brain this morning. What can we as a church do to, to offset some of that pressure for people? I, I don't know, honestly. I don't have an answer as I'm standing here. Maybe some of you do. Maybe you're smarter than I am. But it did make me think this. The church should be hope in seasons like this. Not just for how we conduct ourselves, but what do we offer to people? How do we help them? in seasons where they, they may not be able to figure out how to get groceries. I mean, this is real. This is real for people. And even if it is an overreaction, the reality remains that they're not able to take care of life right now. So what are we going to do to bring hope? Are we going to be reactionary? Now they're just being stupid. I'm not going to operate like that. I'm operating in faith. I'm not going to operate in fear. I'm going to go everywhere I want to go. I'm going to get on a cruise ship. Yeah. Yeah, I had a cruise offered to me for 100 bucks a person. I said, thank you very much. Going to pass on that deal, even though I want to go. It even fits my kids. Spring break. And I went, no, I'm not that stupid. I think I'm going to exercise wisdom. 
You guys hear what I'm saying? Yeah. But it is really impacting people's lives. It's changing the way that they live. See, hope is this. It's an expectation of good. See, when we bring hope, we bring an expectation of good. When we bring hope, we bring an expectation of good. That's beautiful. Like, we hold hope. We hold hope. Not everybody has hope. Man, you look at the economic climate, the stock market, everything's it's all spiraling. Man, if you have stock in TP, you're rich right now. Until everybody returns it after the crisis is over. I'm just saying. It's going to happen. I'm waiting to see the line at Costco with all the stuff getting returned. That's what I'm waiting for. Because there's a reality that people are overreacting, then they're going to overreact the other direction. Listen, I think we just need to be wise about how we're doing this. See, hope is an expectation of good. Hope leads to joy and to peace. We, we all need that. We all need this sense that we belong to Jesus. That's joy. And the peace that he gives us because we belong to him. He settles our inner being. He settles our, th settles our thoughts, settles our emotions. But, you know, you have to press into him for those things. We can't just assume. We've got to say, God, I'm freaking out right now. Can you help me? I mean, I had that moment last week, and it wasn't around feeling like I was going to get ill. I had so many things going, so many things that I found myself, I just stopped, and I said, God, could you help me please get all this done? There's so much to get done, and people depend on me because I lead them spiritually. People are depending on me because I'm officiating the service. People are depending on me because I employ them. People are depending on me for direction right now, and I don't want to deal with any of it. That's honestly how I felt. I'm being honest right now. Then he said, okay, you're done complaining. I said, I am. <laughs> I did. I am. He said, okay, write an email now. Tell everybody you're going to do church. I said, okay, I can write that email. I threw together an email. I even did a video, but I didn't post the video. I thought, let's not do that. I think it was too subject for people to get uptight with this. I just said, let's just send out. We're going to be here. You want to come worship with us? We're going to be here. So, uh, so I did that, and then I, I focused in on what I needed to do for the family who was grieving and myself who was grieving and just trying to get everything taken care of. And I just kept pushing everything along. I listened to my wife. She said, honey, you don't need to try to tackle that one today. That can wait. It's not high priority. That can wait. This thing over here that you're trying to get done, that can wait. Just put those aside for right now. Get through the next few days. When you get through the next few days, bring everything back up, see where you're at. I listened to her wisdom so that I didn't overreact myself. The, the worst thing we can do, and I got a great wife, don't I? She's amazing. I, I know. <laughs> but it's so important for us to, to just stay focused, to stay steady, to stay faith-filled in seasons like this. See, hope is an expectation of good, and it leads to joy and to peace. Paul went on to say in the book of Romans, this is chapter 5, this is prior to 13, verses 3 through 5, he said, he said, not only this, but we exult in tribulation. Now, most of us don't get excited when things are difficult. But as believers, we should see every difficulty as an opportunity to be light. That, that's what it is. So whether you're a boss at work, whether you're an employee at work, it's your opportunity to live as light and darkness, to bring stability into things that, are, that, that people are overreacting. And he says, we exult in tribulation, knowing this, that tribulation brings about perseverance. Listen, these kind of seasons are not good, but they're actually good for us. We don't think that way. I don't like anything hard. I want my life easy. I want my job stable. I want my wife and kids or husband and kids to be nice. I want everything in order. I want God to answer the question of the next step. I want all of those things to be easy. 
But this is what I know. When we experience trouble, it presses us into trust, presses us into t faith. Listen, it makes you stronger, yeah. makes you stronger. It gives you the ability to stand and not waver with every wind. Gives you the ability to do that. I don't like trouble, but it is good for us. And it says it gives us perseverance. And perseverance gives us proven character. What are you going to do when things get hard? Keep going. And who are you going to glorify when it is difficult? Who are you going to point to when it's not easy? That's what's facing the body of Christ right now. How are we going to navigate this? How are we going to live for God in these seasons when things are confusing? He said, in proven character, it adds to us hope, that expectation of good from God. And then he says this, I love this, and hope doesn't disappoint because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who, whom he's given us. See, listen, he said, listen, I know I'm telling you to do all these things, but the truth is I do it in you. You just got to let me. That's what God says. If you'll allow my Holy Spirit to shape the way you feel and think, behave, engage, interact, influence others, I'll give you the ability to, to do it. Listen, you got to think like this. God always has a plan. Nothing is ever accidental with God. People, oh, did he create the virus? That's so silly. God doesn't create evil to bring good. But God will take evil and exploit it and bring about good. That is so important for us to understand as believers that he will shift the tide of things like that. Jeremiah 20, 29, 11, he says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to bring you a hope and a future. God is saying, listen, don't lose your mind. I want you to stay connected, stay in faith, stay believing. See, our trust, it has to be directed to God. It has to be. Don't trust in your riches, because if it flips over, the riches are gone. Don't trust in your health. We're watching that flip over right now. There's lots of things happening in the world that are fearful, scary right now. Like I, when I was a kid, I don't know if you guys remember this, like Russia, the Cold War, maybe I'm too old, I don't know, not for all of you. I remember that, I remember like, I remember them doing the drills where you had to dive underneath the desk and I thought, the desk is gonna melt, what good is that? I remember thinking that, I was smart enough to think that. But if I were honest today, I'm more afraid of catching, you know, dengue fever or West Nile virus when I travel and go do missions work than I am of somebody blowing up the US. I, I'm not so afraid of that. But, but that sense of like, that kind of puts a little bit of a shockwave in you. And then you say, no, I'm gonna keep my hope in who? In, in God. That's, this is what the psalmist said. He said, I know that the Lord saves his anointed. Listen, you're his anointed. You're the ones who have the spirit of God deposited in you. That's what believing in Jesus does. He puts his residence in us. It's crazy to me. You become the house of God, his temple. And then he says, he will answer him from his holy heaven and with saving strength of his right hand. How many of you guys need God's strength? Amen? He said, man, some boast in chariots, some in horses, but I will boast in the name of the Lord our God. See, listen, man, we don't want to lean into our stuff, into resources, our things. How many rolls of TP you got or how many bags of rice you bought? Listen, this is what I would really like to see of the community of faith. What if we knew somebody in this body who needed something? We said, I've got enough to give to you. What if we lived like people that actually were more considerate of others instead of just ourselves? That, I think, is powerful. 
So listen, you need a bag of rice, come talk to me. I don't got a lot of them, but you can have one. I'm being 100% serious when I say that. I ain't giving you no toilet paper. I'm already almost out. <laughs> Maybe we can barter. I don't know. I'm just saying. But if I've got it and you need it, you come ask me. I'll give it to you. Because I really do believe this, that we are way better together, communal, in community, in unity, than we could ever possibly be if we were together independently. So listen, listen. I want us to do something a little different to close this morning. I want us to get into groups, and I want to lead a, just a prayer time for us. But I want us to do it, and I'm going to suggest to you, do whatever your comfortability lends. Like, you can hold hands. You don't have to hold hands. Because I know some of you are concerned about touch. You don't need to do that. Listen, but I do want us to get in groups, five, six, seven, eight, and I want to just lead us in a prayer time together just to pray for some of the fear stuff, some of the insecurity. Pray for the people who have actually contracted the virus, some who are being impacted financially. So, okay, so just quickly... Let's go ahead, turn, turn to face each other. Doesn't it, you, I'm not putting a rule on it. I just want us to move quickly. I want us to agree together in unity that we're gonna minister and we're gonna believe for God to do stuff through us as a church. For those of you on Facebook, I love you. God bless you. We're gonna go ahead and sign out now. Have a good day. So what I want to do with this is we gather together. I'm going to give you an area to pray, and I'm going to give you, say, 30 seconds to a minute, not a long time. You guys just pray together. Somebody wants to pray out loud, that's fine. Um, for those of you who really like to pray, um, that's okay. Don't pray the 10-minute prayer. This is like a 30-second deal. I love you all. But, like, let's stay focused. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to close that piece of prayer together, and we're going to go to the next piece of prayer. We'll probably do five or six different ones. So the first thing I want us to pray over is I just want us to invite God to break the spirit of fear that's in our land right now. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and pray as a group, and then I'll close the prayer. Father, I thank you that Paul declared over Timothy, said you, didn't, you don't have a spirit of fear. You have one of power and of love and of a sound mind. And God, I pray for sound-mindedness over us as believers. God, I pray especially, not only for those in the room that we would overcome fear, but God, we would also be, do this, we, that we would be agents for people who are grappled and bound in fear, that we would be able to speak life and hope, that we would be able to break the spirit of fear that's over them. So God, help us to walk with authority, with thoughtfulness, with kindness. And God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would break the, just the grip of fear. God, I also want to pray in this line that over all of the information and media stuff that's just flowing everywhere, God, would you align with justice the things that are going out and correct them, God. Help people to hear with discerning ears and not just run to hysteria and all the mass hysteria. God, we just pray breaking of fear and the bondage of fear over our culture right now. Let's go ahead and pray over anxiety right now. They're close. They're not exactly the same.
come before you and say, we understand you're in control and we are not. And such a large statement, God, you're in control and we're not. But God, we want to follow your lead, not only for our individual security inwardly, we want to follow it for those that are around us as well. God, we need grace over us to be people who understand that, that we can't grip or control or hold anything. Ultimately, it all belongs to you. So God, help us to move as people of faith. Help us to agree with what you're doing. And God, help us to be people of prayer, of supplication, people who walk in a spirit of thanksgiving, which your word declares that that is how we reverse anxiety and, and anxiousness. So God, I pray for the grace as a group of believers to be able to do that, not only amongst us right now, but for those who we will influence, those who we'll come in contact with, our family members, that we would be able to have a positive impact on them as well. I want you to pray for courage in this season now, that we would be people of courage, that we wouldn't shrink back. Go ahead and pray for courage right now. thank you that when you were encouraging Joshua as he was leading the people into the promised land, you said, be strong and courageous. But you said this right after it, I'd never leave you or forsake you. So God, we lean into that, that presence that you bring that gives us a courage that surpasses our human ability by far. And God, we lean into that. We just say, God, would you help us to be courageous and not shrink back in the areas you're leading us and the directions we're walking in the shifting tide and culture and the, the adjustments of schedules, all of the absence of normalcy that we're all experiencing right now. God, I pray that you'd give us courage to not lose sight of the fact that you are in control. You are in control, God. We just pray grace over us to walk in courage and walk in faith. Now, I want you to pray over people that are actually sick, people who have lost loved ones in this. And there's not a lot of them in America per se. But there are some, but they're around the world. There's a lot of people who've lost loved ones. And we need God now to press back the virus. So I want you to pray with some authority that, that God would conquer the virus and, and eliminate it. Go ahead and pray some. So, Father, your word declares this, that you breathe breath into us and we became a living soul. And, God, this particular virus actually steals breath. It's literally what it does. So, God, we pray in Jesus' name right now that you would restore into order the things that you designed to be, which is a normal, functioning, healthy respiratory system that is able to breathe, that has not succumbed to pneumonia, bilateral pneumonia, or any of the other things. God, you said that you would give us authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, overcome all the power of the wicked one. We know that disease comes from sin, and sin was ushered in by Satan. We don't want any of his work in our culture, in our region, in our lives, throughout our world, God. So right now we pray, Jesus, you would raise up by the, the shed blood which brought healing. We know that your word declares that. So, God, we want to agree with your provision of healing and say, God, would you release healing to those who have contracted it, 
to those who think they might have it, God, you'd strike it down. God, that you would remove it, that recovery would start to happen, that the curve of people getting it would so decline that it'd be like, what were we reacting to, God? So we pray right now in Jesus' name that you would strike down this virus. God, we also pray for comfort over those who have experienced great difficulty, great loss. God, we pray over the medical people who have been day in, day out, especially in the countries that have been impacted, and they've seen so much loss of life, and they're running at it like wit's end. God, we just pray for strength over them, pray for grace over them. We pray for protection, that they would not contract the virus themselves, God. We also pray, God, that you'd give wisdom to medical people, that they would figure a vaccine for this particular virus so that we would be able to combat it any other time that it might arise or try to attack our culture or the human race again. God, that's such a big prayer. It really is. But it's a big prayer from a small group of people who believe you can. So God, we're asking that you would give us the wisdom to combat it, the strength to combat it. And God, we pray that your spirit of comfort would go out especially to those who've been impacted and have lost life. God, we thank you that we can pray to you and come together in this. I want you to pray for one last thing this morning. I want you to pray for unity in the body of Christ, to be kind and thoughtful, to be agents of healing in our culture right now. I want you to pray that way. So, Father, I pray that you would help us to be salt and to be light, to be hope in a world that is dying, really dying. And, God, I pray that you would take what was meant for evil and that you would turn it for good, that you would allow the body of Christ to be the, the hands and feet of Jesus in this situation, that we would actually be really considerate, really thoughtful with the people we are encountering. God, I pray within the body of Christ that we would be supportive outside of the body of Christ, that we would be supportive. Holy Spirit, we invite you right now to infill us freshly, empower us and freshly, that we would be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because we understand this, God, we need your strength to be all of the things that we talked about this morning, whether it's hope, whether it's to conquer fear, to contend against anxiety, to bring healing, be it inward with emotions or outward with the actual virus, God, we just pray that you would have your way. So God, shift the tide this morning. Let today mark a day that this group of people praying in Fontana shifted the course. Because I believe that's what you do. You call people to agree. You call people to unity. And then you move through that unity. God, I know the global body of Christ is praying. They're calling for a fast. There's all sorts of movements to combat this situation. And God, I just pray for grace over us as we stand, for thoughtfulness, for kindness, for compassion. So God, we commit ourselves to you. Protect us, protect us, as well as empower us so that we can be all we need to be to the people that we encounter. God, we're grateful for this morning, for your time of prayer, for your presence, your spirit in us. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> All right, I love you guys. Thank you for being courageous. Go put some stuff on your hands, just because. <laughs> <laughs>